glory to God. It's a great day. It's a great day in the house. It's a great day to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ. There's not been a greater time in the history of the world than right now to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ because everything just gets better, right? In God, everything gets better. So you can say, you say, yeah, but, you know, back in certain time, it, 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 those were the best times. Well, if that's the case, if that was the best times, and everybody's looking backwards, then we're not serving a God that moves forward. Our God looks forward. Thank God for today. Thank God for the past. Amen? And, and, and you have to thank God for the past. You have to thank God from where you came from and people that invested into your life. But we're, we're, our focus is today on. Amen? Today on. And, uh, and I'm so grateful, as my wife said earlier, I'm just so grateful for the house. And I, I love teaching this series that we're doing this month of uh, October today, and, and the next Sunday will be our last message on this. And title of this is just Loving God's House. Loving the house of God. Learning how to love God's house. Understanding God's house. Understanding what it really is and, and how it relates to us individually, but also us corporately, and corporate meaning here locally, but around the world. Amen? There, there's a, a corporate anointing on the church of Jesus Christ, and the more you understand it individually, and the more we understand it in a local body of believers here, the better we can connect to the overall body of Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, I was, church that I came out of in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, they had a 30-year um, uh, get-together and reunion uh, a, a week ago, on a, f- a week or so ago, on a Friday night uh, down in McAllen, Texas. And uh, we went down there and were part of that. And it was it was a great time. And it's it's just a it's a great time being able to really connect with people. A lot of people I saw from the past. But connecting with people that understand the house of God, understand the purpose of what God is doing in the earth. It's so awesome to go and rejoice with people and what, what's happening there and, and what's happening in other places. But that doesn't take away from what you're doing right here. You know, We're the house of God, as we've talked about the last couple of Sundays. Each one of us individually, we're the house of God. We're, we're, we're the church. I, I'm the church. Say that. I'm the church. If you're born again, you're the church. But the difference in Jesus Christ himself that walked on, the, on, on planet earth for 33 years and did and accomplished what he accomplished, the difference in him individually and us is that all of us make up what he represented. See, we have to have each other. And today, in my message, we're going to talk, we're going to review a little bit what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. And then I've got a couple things, a couple passages to look at that really talk about really discerning and understanding the house and the revelation of the house, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, and how to implement that and be a part of it every day. Every minute of every day, we can be a part of that if we understand it. But I promise you, in this small time that we have together today and the messages that we've preached, 
that won't convince you. You have to take what you hear and do something with it. Can you say amen? You've got to be convinced yourself. So just in, in reviewing, we're going to look at, at the different scriptures that we've started with. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 9 in the Old Testament. Um, 1 Kings 9. And verse 1. Actually, I'm just going to kind of skip down. We've, we've read all this uh, up to this point. And um, this is about the building of the house of God in this time. And David, David had the vision to build the house. He acquired all the money to build the house. But then God said, you're not going to build a house. Your son Solomon's going to build a house. And verse 2 says that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I've heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I've consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there, for, there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually, ongoing, never stopping. And, and I just, I want to focus on that for just a moment and make that point, that God's eyes and his heart are on and in his house. And so, when you hear that, people would say, so you're just meaning like this building. Well, see, that's a misunderstanding of what he's talking about. It's not just this building. It, it, this building is the house of God for us today because it's where we meet. And God is building His church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And it takes all of us uniting and coming together and being one so that we can do in the earth what Jesus did in the earth. That's what we have to understand. So it's not just about reverencing and honoring this place, and it is. It is about that. But it's, it goes beyond that, and that's what we have to understand. God's eyes and his heart are in and on his house. Can you say amen? amen. New Testament, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. His eyes and his heart are on and in his house. How you're to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And what that just boils down to, and we've talked about that the last couple of weeks, what it boils down to is Old Testament house is New Testament church. His eyes and his heart are there. And New Testament church are all about the truth of God's Word. If church life doesn't center itself around the Word and the revelation of the Word, then it's to no avail. Church life isn't about coming 
to watch and see what we're wearing or what we're doing or, you know, what's happening in life. Yeah, you, we connect with each other and all that. But at the end of the day, it's about the revelation of God's word being preached in, in you and you being able to hear something that you don't hear out there on a day-to-day basis that's affecting your life. Amen. Um, Proverbs 29, we've read this also. But it's worth repeating. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I'm going to read this out of the King James. I mean the New King James. And then I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Where there is no revelation... The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law or keeps the word. The the Amplified says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So where, where where there is no restraint in a person's life, with the knowledge of the truth, people that cast that off, they perish. The purpose of the church is that the Word creates restraints through you and I, as we talked about last week, we talked about out of First Peter, that judgment begins in the house, in me. Me judging and, and allowing the Word of God to make me and mold me and change me internally. Because if every one of us are making changes because of being led by the Holy Ghost and the Word of God making those changes, redemptive revelation coming on the inside of us and and becoming real and part of us, if we're all internally making those changes, then the church is strong what God is building. But if we don't make changes internally, God can't use people with unrenewed minds People that don't want to change, people that want to stay arrogant, that want to stay unforgiving, that want to stay mad, that want to stay jealous, that want to stay in these type of positions, God can't use you to build what He's building. Now see, if I'm just building, if if this is my church because I'm the pastor of this place, if this is my church and this is what I'm building, you can build it with whoever and whatever. People all over the country today in in America, if men are building organizations of people like this right here, if men are building it, you can build it with whoever. But if you're going to be a part of what God is building, you have to be like Christ. You want to play professional basketball? You got to be like Mike. Hmm? You can't form yourself after somebody that plays some other sport and be like Mike and try to play professional basketball. You you've got to take information and instruction. And you've got to develop like the best if you want to play at a higher level. And the same way in the kingdom of God, if we want to just be another good 
community service group and organization that meets every Sunday and we all just kind of pat each other on the back and everything's fine. That's fine. And we'll be a part of what's being built in the moment, but you can't be a part of what God's building for eternity. He's building his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And what you and I need are restraints, and that's what the house brings. The house brings restraint. It's profitable. It's not an ugly thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a productive thing, and it prepares me for today and the future, being a part of what God is building. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm just asking this question. Don't you and I, don't we want to be a part of what he's building in the earth? He said, I'm, Jesus said in Matthew 16, you can go look at it yourself. In Matthew 16, he said, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And you know where that starts? It starts with me individually, personally. He said, I will build my church inside of you, Bert, and the gates of hell will not prevail against. So that. What it takes is, what Proverbs says, it takes redemptive revelation becoming a part of me. I've got to position myself to hear it, then to meditate on it, and make it real to me. Then when it's real with me, then I'm learning to live with people that are different with me, and I can connect with people in spite of our differences because of that redemptive revelation and those restraints that are ruling and judging and developing my life. Man, I tell you, I've been saved for 40 years and some change. And for the good first part of that, um, hearing messages on the love of God and trying to live and operate in the love of God and trying, trying to demonstrate the love of God the way the Bible tells you to demonstrate the love of God was, was scary to me. Having to be kind to unkind people it didn't make sense to me. And so I, I would avoid situations where I had to do things that I couldn't understand with my natural mind, so I would avoid that until one day God began to show me. He said, if you keep avoiding those things, it's, it's going to be to your demise, and you're not going to, what you're going to do is you're going to hinder what I'm trying to do inside of you and how I want to connect you to what I'm building in the earth if you avoid that. And so What I began to do, and I've been doing it ever since, probably, I don't know, 33, 34, 35 years ago, somewhere in there, what I started to do was to go after relationships with people that were difficult. The Bible says, what good it is if you love people that love you? What really matters is when you can love someone that's ugly to you, or they're not kind to you, or have differences with you, if you can love that person and you can overcome feeling trapped and under control of someone else's personality and live in that love of God and express it, that's where the real reward is. That's what I've been doing for 33, 4, 5 years. I didn't say it's easy, but I've been purposing to do it. Along the way, I found myself having to step into relationships with family members, with friends, people closest to me, and having to learn to take the high road in situations. You know why? When Jesus took the high road for all of us, it empowered us to be set free. 
When you take the high road, when you're kind to an unkind person, what happens is it opens the door for their deliverance. It's not just about you. It's about the good for them also. And these are things that the house brings to our life to teach us how to understand what something like that looks like when you're living in turmoil on a day-to-day basis because of the way someone else is treating you. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to allow people's personality to control your life, but you have to walk in love. (sighs) You're probably thinking, maybe I shouldn't have come today. (laughs) Psalm 92 and verse 13. I'll read it out of the Amplified. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of their God. Remember, the house is the church, right? They'll be growing in grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and spiritual vitality and rich in the verdure, the trust of love and uh, of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is their rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Amen? You and I become living memorials that... Living for God and doing it God's way works every single time. And people can say, you know what? I I saw things not happening here, but I saw it working in that guy. I, I saw it working in that person, and I thought, how can a person do that? How can a person not get ticked off and upset and mad and 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 fretful and all those kind of things because of what other people are doing? They can live above that. That's what the church brings. Those who are planted in the house, they learn to live like that. Planted in the house, which is what? The church. Planted. Planted. I'm the church, but what he's talking about here in Psalm 92 is the corporate. It takes all of us to accomplish. Where you start practicing on attitudes and things in your life is the people that you're closest to. People you come to church with every day. But, I mean, you could be nice to somebody that's never going to see you again, right? You can be nice to somebody that attends a fellowship somewhere else. But how can we do that and be ugly and remain ugly and remain with these strongholds and stuff around the people that we're closest to or that we get to know? You don't really know how ugly someone is till you get to know them better. <laughs> you don't really know how ugly they are or how good they are. But some of people's ugly stuff can filter out and begin to manifest the closer you get to them. That's where you have to have grace and mercy for people. Amen? Look beyond their faults and their issues. And that's what the house brings. Can you say amen? I want to live long and flourishing all my life. Can you say amen? And full of great fruit. So Ephesians 1, and we're going to look at a couple other things as we kind of tie this together today. Ephesians 1 and verse 22. So we're talking about the house of God, the Old Testament, the church, New Testament, and then this defines in what Scripture says that the church is. And he said, This is a prayer in Ephesians 1 here, starting up around verse 15, and we're not going to go there, but around verse 15 on down, it's a prayer that Paul prayed for this church at Ephesus. And um, 
He said at the end of it in verse um, in verse 21. Well, look at verse 20. Let's, let's look at that. Which he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in, the, in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. The Father put all things under Jesus' feet, gave him to be head over all things to who? To the church, and then, comma, what's the church? Which is his body. The church, which is his body. So, I'm the church, you're the church, but we're the church. And the church is his body. The church is his body in the earth. The church is. I'm the church, you're the church, we're the church, and we are his body in the earth. Now, two passages of scripture that I'm going to end this message with today have to do with the body of Jesus Christ and discerning and understanding the body of Jesus Christ today in our lives. Um, Look at Ephesians 5. I want to read this one verse and then look at these two passages. Ephesians 5 has to do with something we teach on at different times in this body about husband and wife and about about the roles of husband and wife and, and the example that God made here. But in verse 25, he makes this statement. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for her. In, in this passage of Scripture, um, in verse 29, he says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord cherishes the church. In verse 32, he says, this is a great mystery, what he's talking about, about husband and wife. But he said, I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. We see here that Jesus loved the church, that Jesus cherished the church. And we see here that what he's talking about is our relationship with God and us. He uses husband and wife as an example to make his point. But he's really talking here about himself and the church. And who is the church? It's the house in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament, which is his body today in the earth. That's what you and I have to have redemptive revelation about on a day-to-day basis. If we don't understand that we are the body of Jesus Christ in the earth, if we don't understand that, then we limp along in life, falling way short of where God intended for us to live. God intended for you and I to live on top and never underneath situations. Everybody's been underneath situations. I don't care. Some of you are underneath situations right now. Could be a financial situation, physical, mental, emotional, a marital situation, what, whatever. Everybody's been under. And when you're under, it's because you're not connected to who's on top in that situation. 
I know because I've been in the same place. When, I've, when, I've, when I came into the kingdom or while being in the kingdom, God comes to a place where he wants to reveal some things to you about areas of your life that you really haven't seen into before. He starts bringing revelation to you, and that redemptive revelation begins to create restraints and revelation about how to overcome. That's what the church is here to do. But Jesus cherishes the church. He loves the church. And God's whole focus, his eyes and his heart, are on his church, which is his body in the earth. So, the two passages of Scripture I'm fixing to read right now, I want you to pay real close attention to, and I'm going to take a few minutes to really drive my point home in this. But in Ephesians 4, next page over if you had a paper Bible. In Ephesians 4, it says that God gave gifts to men, and those gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The gift is in what they teach and what they minister. And he said, the purpose of it, what I'm doing today, is a gift from God. What I'm anointed to do today is a gift from God. That's what he said right here. I'm just repeating what the word says. Verse 12 says that the reason is this. It's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of of ministry, for the edifying of what? The body, which is what? It's the church, which is what? It's the house, right? For the edifying of the body of Christ. So he's talking about the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. As as I'm ministering the word today, what's coming forth from me to you individually is what God gave me to give you. But I am not the Holy Spirit and I can't teach you what he really wants you to know to empower you, to create restraints in your life that protect you and that cause you to to arise above situations instead of remaining underneath them. Do you see what I'm saying? And because of that, what this verse of Scripture is talking about right here is the edifying of the body of Jesus Christ, each one of us individually. Because... You can't be a part of a corporate thing if you're not edified on a daily basis. We need to be those kind of people. I'm not saying that if you're not edified today, you came in frustrated. I'm talking about an ongoing thing that you believe in every day. Okay? So notice what he says. There's a lot said here, but I'm just making, I'm looking at the word body in two different places. So the edifying of the body of Christ Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Everybody say all of us. So he was talking about individually, us, in the verse before. Until we all come, till we all get this. God doesn't want anybody left out. God doesn't want the church to grow, you know, top heavy with like five or ten people growing spiritually and everybody else just kind of sucking wind over here. He doesn't want it that way. He wants us all to grow up to the maturity of who we are as the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. Now watch. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect, that word perfect there is mature, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, that we should no longer be 
Children, individual people, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, everybody say the whole body, from whom the whole body. In verse 12, he's talking about me being the body. I'm the body, right? I'm the house, I'm the church, I'm the body. You're the house, you're the church, you're the body of Jesus Christ. We're the house, we're the church, we're the body. Right? So it happens first and foremost with us individually, as it says in verse 12, till we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the unity of the faith, to a mature man that we grow up, we're not tossed to and fro by everything that comes along. Every time somebody gets mad, we get mad, right? Every time someone's emotional, we get emotional. Every time someone, you know, uh, is, is ugly in a situation, we're going to retaliate. No, 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 that's not the love of God. And if you don't learn how to be that kind of person, we can't make a difference in the earth because the earth already already is full of all kinds of people that you slap me, I slap you back. In the kingdom, you get slapped and you turn it around for the good. (laughs) That's a difficult thing to talk about in Texas. Ain't nobody going to slap me at all. And, 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 And honestly... It may be a time when you're literally slapped and God shuts you down, but I'm talking figuratively that when something comes against us, that we don't allow those things to rule in our life and we're not going to be moved by what someone else does. We're going to take the high road, and the more you take the high road, you stay high. You take the low road, which is just doing what everybody else does, you stay low. I'm tired. I I, I was tired a long time ago of taking the low road. I've chosen the high road, and I choose to choose it every day, every situation, every time something happens, I'm choosing that. Do I do it perfect every day? Absolutely not. But thank God we can repent and make the changes and get over it. We don't have to stay the same all the time. Amen? We can make these changes and be this body. Now watch this. From whom the whole body... Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every one of us does our share. It causes when we all are growing up, when we're all judging our own hearts, when we're all judging our own lives, when we're all making the changes together, it causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I believe that the church around the world is growing up. I believe that the body of Jesus Christ, which is the church, which is his house where his eyes and his heart are focused and on, I believe that the church is changing the world. Everywhere Jesus went, he made changes. What it should be is that 
everywhere that we go, when we're connected to a house, when we're connected and, and planted in the house, then wherever you go, the whole church is representing you wherever you go, whatever you do. You, may, you might fly it over to California or something, and while you're gone, even if you're just there for business, you're affecting people around you. You're, you're given opportunities to let the love of God flow through you when you're connected to the house and you, and you have restraints in your life and you've not cast off those restraints, then you're sowing good seed and seeing people's lives change. But I'm telling you, you won't get this kind of information that I'm sharing with you today. You won't get it from the world. The world won't deliver it. It comes from the house, from the church. It comes from being a part, an individual who is a part of something that's bigger than they are and connected to the rest of the body so that we make up the anointing of Jesus in the earth. Gosh, what a beautiful picture. One of the most beautiful pictures, it's probably the most beautiful picture of anything that is functioning and operating in the earth is this picture right here. And the next passage, this last passage I'm going to read to you is out of 1 Corinthians 11. And these four or five verses right here to me, are something that you've got to meditate on and really spend some time on to really understand it because I feel like religion has kind of muddied the waters in our understanding of what we really do when we look at 1 Corinthians 11. How many know what, is, what we usually use 1 Corinthians or part of 1 Corinthians 11 for? Somebody? Uh-huh. Communion, Right? So usually what we read in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night, this is verse 23, in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Everybody say body. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You can see yourself taking the little cup and eating the cracker or whatever, however you've done it before. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we know what that says. And as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of what he accomplished for us. But sometimes where our, our minds can get muddied in this passage of Scripture right here, is that we don't think beyond the cracker and the juice. And the cracker and the juice represent what he did for us so that we could go beyond the day that he was crucified, the time period that he went to hell, he rose on the third day, and 40 days later he ascended upon high and sat down at the right hand of the Father. He wants us to go on from that point. That happened over 2,000 years ago. He doesn't want us living just meditating on what his body and his blood accomplished at one time. He wants to, us to know that what his body and his, his, his blood accomplished was for us today to move on. That's what we have to discern. And notice in these next four verses what he says. Therefore, based on what we just read, verse 27... Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. That sounds dangerous. 
But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let a man examine himself. Let a man take the redemptive revelation of God and examine his own heart. And as he examines his own heart, let him live a life of restraints of God that are from God. That's what happens. And he says, he said in verse 29, let, verse 28, so let, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not doing what? What does those last few words say? Not discerning the Lord's body. Okay? Based on definitions that we've read in Scripture, he's saying not discerning the church of Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus is building. Not discerning the house of God where God's eyes and His heart are. Not discerning correctly the body which is the church, which is the house. So when we don't... Listen to me. If you don't get anything else today, you catch this right here. He just said that discerning the body correctly comes from me individually examining myself. 1 Peter 4, we read it last week, says, judgment begins in the house of God. Okay? I'm going to define judgment for you. Because a lot of times people think that judgment is this, this thing that is part of God's nature that comes after people. If you do something wrong, then the judgment of God is coming after you. No, the Bible clearly showed us that his judgment was laid out at the end of what Jesus did. In other words, if, if you do something against the word, the judgment is already there. If you rub up against disobedience to God's word, in other words, if you know it, and you rub up against that, well, the judgment's already there. It's not coming after you, it's there. The next verse here, he says, in verse, where was I at? Oh, I moved my page. He says, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30, he says, for this reason, many are weak and sick and and many sleep. And that word sleep there is die. And one translation says, that many people prematurely die because they don't discern and have a revelation of the house, the church, and the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. And that's who we are. And we've got to take responsibility for this planet. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 115 says that the Lord gave authority to, in the earth to man. No government, no no Republican or Democratic president, no this, that, or the other is going to save the planet. You, You forgetting to put one water bottle in a recyclable bin is not going to ruin the planet. I mean, if you know to do right and that's a profitable thing, do it. 
But the hope of planet Earth is Christ in you. Me having revelation that I am the body, I'm the church, I'm the house, and understanding what, my, what I've got to do in the earth is examine myself every day, walk in obedience to the things of God when nobody's looking, and not having to be told what to do. That's my responsibility in the church. He said, many are weak, you're powerless, you're sick, constantly something wrong with you over and over and over and over again. And many people die prematurely because they don't discern the body of Jesus Christ. They don't discern the fact that we are the church. And that examination begins, based on these scriptures that I just read to you today, examination begins in my house. Don't be looking at somebody else next to you. Don't, look at, don't be looking at your neighbor and looking at this person, that person. You deal with yourself. I promise you, God's got everybody else taken care of. Yeah. You know why? Because he'll speak to all of us, and he'll show us through what I'm preaching to you today, if you take what I'm saying, and you don't take this as a negative thing that I'm preaching to you today, a lot of people won't preach this today. I've got friends of mine in ministry that won't preach these kind of things because it's too hard. People can't take it. There's nothing hard about this. There's just honesty in this. I'm trying to keep you from going downhill and staying under every situation that you face on a day-to-day basis. God intended for you to live on top of situations. We've been given authority in the earth. This This earth belongs to God and God alone. But he gave it. He gave the rights and the authority and the dominion on this earth to Adam, and he never took it back. Adam gave it away to Satan. For 4,000 years, man were under a place of bondage, but the second Adam came along, and the second Adam reinforced what God had enforced in the beginning that he never took back. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, But he's given authority to the sons of men. And that's me. And you know what? I have, as you have, we all have, made mistakes. Things have been difficult at times. But listen, I promise you, all I'm doing every day, this is what I'm doing every day. I'm getting better. Well, Pastor, how old are you now? I'm not old. <clears throat> I'm not old. Sarah Dunning, she's not old. Hmm? Ethel and Gordon just uh, uh, celebrated their 66th wedding anniversary. They're not old. We're getting better with age. You know why? Because we get smarter if we allow the Word to change and mold our life. I'm not getting old. I'm getting better. Listen, having a better mentality up here better way of thinking up here keeps you young. I'm just getting, I mean, you know what Caleb said in the Bible? Caleb in the Bible? Not Caleb Brown, but Caleb in the Bible. He said, uh, I'm stronger at 85 than I was at 45. It may have been 80 and 40, but somewhere in there. <clears throat> so, that, so, Jesus is my mark. He's my goal. But I'm taking what Caleb said and my best day starts at 85. He said, I'm stronger at 85 than I was at 45. Hmm? Yeah. That buff physique is making its way to 
my body by the time I'm 85. Getting better every day, getting stronger every day, eating right better every day, amen? Learning to exercise and do things, and you know, you know one of the things that I do every day? I stretch every day. Woo, man, stretching helps, huh? Just getting better every day, getting stronger every day, every day because I see that through the Word. I'm not getting weaker, and I, I mean, I, I'm not heading towards, I got, I got, man, 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 the people that talking about heading towards retirement, you know, and looking at life in the form of retirement. If you're working a job and you're heading towards retirement because you have to or you just want to, that's fine. But don't retire, just rehire and do something new. Amen? We're not, we're not heading down, we're heading up. He's on top, and wherever he is, there I am, right under him. That's the way he made us. Wherever he is, that's where we should be. That's where we should be. Get stronger every day. Amen? We're the church. We're the body of Jesus Christ in the earth, and the earth will not make it. There's all kinds of people out there that will not make it if we don't step it up and be Jesus in the earth. Amen? This is what you get from being planted in the house. These kind of revelations come over time. Not from one message or one series that's taught. It's what you do with the message that's taught. Remember, the church is the house, the pillar in the ground of truth. That's what the church is about. The truth of his word molding and making us into everything God created us to be. Can you say amen?